Procrastinating, a term most often used by the millennial generation, is a method of putting something off, delaying, or postponing something by taking part in the act of baking. to Procrastibaking, a place to talk about our baking obsessions and avoid doing everything else. Coming to you from Southern California, I'm Louisa. And still from Eastern North Carolina, I'm Rachel. <laughs> she hasn't moved. <laughs> Hello, Rachel from Eastern North Carolina. Hi, how are you? I make the same joke every episode now, and I think it's like the funniest thing. But so do you, apparently. So <laughs> I think it's okay. Um, Rachel, this is super exciting because this is our first live streamed episode that we're doing for the podcast yes and we Um, currently have three people watching so that's exciting we have three people watching that is exciting um this is kind of funny because people will hear the unedited version the crying dogs and the crying baby and (laughs) yeah the next episode that comes out is episode three so this is like into the future but you'll want to watch this again because we're going to have recorded segments inserted into this one. So there'll be extra content in the pre-recorded episode when it comes out later. Yeah, that's a good point. So the one that's released will have a little bit extra. Um, but as we always do, why don't we share about life updates? Yes. What is going on? Tell so me what's new. I have been obsessed. Um, a few episodes ago, we did the braided bread and I made Sarah Kiefer's uh, Danish bread mm-hmm. and she uses I think apple jam or apple butter and I was just like, well you could that's easy you could change that to whatever you want so at that time I made cherry and peach well I really like the peach so I, this week I made peach again and guava and they were that both really good. good I think this bread is my new obsession yeah we love Sarah Kiefer um I have never done the Danish though so that's good to hear that you've had really good results from that recipe well, and I was worried because so I made it Labor Day weekend and I started it at like 10 o'clock Sunday night because I forgot the dough has to rest overnight. And in my late night haze, I forgot one of the eggs. <laughs> but it, but it, <laughs> it didn't change yet. So it, it has you use one whole egg and two egg yolks. And I just misread it. And I was like, oh, I, and I put my two egg yolks in and until the bread was rising, I didn't realize that I forgot the whole egg. Um, but it, it didn't seem to negatively affect it. I mean, it was good. Okay. People ate it. I liked it. So that's a win. I like that. And you took this to work, right? To share? Yes. I took it both. Um, I, so I, I experimented a little bit with this dough because it said you could keep it in the fridge for three days once it was finished, like before you braided it. And so I did. I like on day two, I made the peach dough. And then on day three, I made the guava dough. And there wasn't a difference. It was good. And it was still held its shape and everything. So what did you do for the guava filling? Did you use the guava paste? And I did. I like put it in the microwave. So it was like a little warm and I could spread it over the because all the dough variations have to use cream cheese and sugar mixture first and then the jam. So I just melted it a little bit so I could spread it over the cream cheese and it worked really well. Oh, nice. You're essentially doing like the, um, the pastelitos, the guava and cream yes. cheese. Like the <laughs> That's what it reminded me of. Cool. Yes. 
That sounds so good. So you've done peach and you've done guava. Yes. And I have mango jam that I want to try. And then I, last year at the farmer's market, I bought um, pear conserve, I think is what it's called, but it tastes like Christmas and I don't have it anymore, but I want to get a new, the lady's always there. So I want to get a new jar and make it at Christmas time. It's like pears and cherries and like cinnamon. Wow. Um, So I want to try that. I think that would be really good. You always have a lot of jam on hand. I don't understand it because I'm not a big jam eater, but like at the farmer's market when they have all these fun flavors, I'm, I'm like, ooh, okay, I'll try that one. You're the jam lady. <laughs> Some people collect cats and other people collect <laughs> jam. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I always laugh because when I go to visit you and we do breakfast in the morning, I like watching you pull out all the jams. From <laughs> yeah, your, you get to have your choice of jam. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that sounds really good. Danishes are on my list. So now knowing that you liked Sarah Keepers, is that in her, what's it in? Her 100 cookies? Um, No, it came from her blog. Oh, her blog. Okay. Oh, that's great. Um, I'm excited to try it. Um, I was going to ask you something else about baking for work. Oh, you're ha- you have a reputation at work. Like you're the baking goods <laughs> girl, right? So there used to be three of us. And one of us left, and now there's in two bakers, but one of them is in another office. So, yes, in my building, yeah, I'm the one who brings in the sweets. You're Rachel the baker. Right, like yes. That. <laughs> That's super cool. I have not done a ton of off-podcast baking, like, extracurricular But I did have my parents here for two weeks, and so I was just happy to have somebody here eat the stuff that I was baking for the podcast. (laughs) That's so nice, Um, right? Yeah, it was super nice. And they really liked the the cinnamon rolls, the schnecken. Ooh, yes. They really liked that. Um, And then you know what's funny? So my mom goes into these cleaning fits when she's here, which is totally fine with me because I don't have to do it myself. But she was going through my freezer and pulled out um, this cookie dough, the sugar cookie dough that I had, I guess, frozen in November of last year. Oh, gosh. (laughs) But like, what is what is too long for frozen cookie dough? Because we were having this discussion. My parents are very like loosey goosey with. I think as long as it's not freezer burnt, I would use it. I would think it's over a year. Yeah. 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 I was like right at the cutoff. So. Well, yeah, I made, I ended up making it, and they tasted pretty good. I think that was the Sarah Kiefer recipe, too, that I had just stored away. Um, she also found some old, like, chocolate chip cookie dough, too, that we busted out. <gasps> and um, your brother wanted cookies. <laughs> I did. <laughs> when he was dead. here. I know. When he was here, I did use um, – I did make him cookies, so he find, that oh, was finally okay. resolved. It was taken care of. But yeah, it was just funny seeing all this stuff I had shoved in the back of my freezer and had forgotten about. Um, but That's other fun. than that, I haven't done too much outside baking. I've just been, I was telling you, it was like a crazy past couple of weeks because they were here and then my brother came to visit. So that was nice. It was just a little, it was a different kind of energy with like people coming in and out. And then mm-hmm. we had like a crazy heat wave, but then it rained yesterday because there was a a hurricane that downgraded to a tropical storm that like grazed us and so we got a little bit of rain and everybody freaked out because it never rains here (laughs) um that's why I'm wearing a car I feel like I'm trying to channel the fall weather because today it's like finally not 100 degrees it's 
high 70s and I'm like oh it's almost fall I could wear <laughs> a sweater and just pretend um yeah and I don't know it's just now I feel like this part of the year is, gets really crazy with just planning meetups with family and friends and Halloween coming up so yeah, I have like so much in my brain yeah it is but lots of good things to look forward to um I wanted to share with procrastination what we're doing um, kind of as procrastinating baking team. Um, Mara's not really an official member of our team, but she's been on the show a couple of times. Um, so me, you and her signed up to do the soldier's angels baking where we'll send a care package to the soldier, a deployed soldier um, once a month. We're rotating through that. So I did some of my baking for that today. Um, and don't tell anybody. <laughs> Um, I used a box mix for my brownies today. We <gasps> used a box, Rachel. Well, it was like this. <laughs> I went to the I'm not judging. and I needed to get unsweetened chocolate to make homemade brownies, and they didn't have any, but they had brownie mix, and I was like, I could go to another store, or I could buy this brownie mix, and it's getting shipped, so it probably would benefit from the preservatives that's in here. So. Wow. It was like double wow. chocolate brownies. So, But did you make it, did you bake it yours or did you just leave it as is? So if it didn't already have chocolate chips in it, I probably would have, but this mix had chocolate chips in it. So I just left it alone. They look good. they cooling. I'm sure they were good. Some, I, honestly, and we just talked about this in our last episode. I think we compared brownie oh, mixes. Yes. Yeah. There's some really good ones out there. Do you know which one you got by chance? I got the Aldi kind, <laughs> <laughs> which I'm sure was really good. My mom is obsessed with Aldi. Yeah. And sometimes they have the Ghirardelli ones there, but they didn't this time. Um, but the bot, like the brownies on the box looked really good and had a lot of chocolate chips in there. So I was like, well, we'll go for this. That sounds like a winner. That, I remember that was one of the things they pointed out is that anything that has add-ins like syrup or chocolate chips or coffee powder, all those things really boost the flavor. So Sounds like you picked a good one. I think so. It looks it looks good. So hopefully it's good. Movies encourage our imaginations and delight our senses. Some special movies also tickle our taste buds. When that happens, we can't help but try to recreate the desserts they featured. Today's selection is technically inspired by the video game franchise, World of Warcraft, which does include a movie called Warcraft from 2016. Hello, my name is Kevin Afghani. I am a voice actor and a good friend of Louisa, and she asked me to come on this podcast to sort of just talk about World of Warcraft for a little bit, and that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to talk about World of Warcraft, and I'm going to maybe try to explain some things that might sound a little weird to people who... <laughs> I've never played the game before. So World of Warcraft is an MMORPG, which stands for Massively Multiplayer Online Role-Playing Game. If that sounds scary, it really isn't as complicated as it sounds. Basically what that means is it is a massive world of a game that you're going to be interacting with players near constantly. But the biggest draw to this game is its world. In the game, you are playing as an adventurer going through the world of Azeroth with varying importance. In some places, you could be just helping someone in their farm. In other places, you could be helping save the world against the forces of the Lich King. 
I mean, really, there's there's so much in between. It's insane. But the world itself is very fleshed out, very fun, sometimes dark, but not always. Every race in the game has its own culture. Every place has its own culture and history. There's so much history, guys. I, it's utterly absurd. I won't even go into it because it is it is an absurd amount of history. But effectively, all you need to know is that there are two factions, the Horde and the Alliance, and they are constantly at odds. Neither of them are really the bad guy. Both of them have done some really not so great things in the past, and both of them are just striving to make a future for their people. You as an adventurer have to pick one of these sides to be a part of, and that's where your adventure begins. They sort of just drop you in and let you go. And that's sort of the magic of the game, is that there is so much to explore and so much to experience. I mean, from every aspect of it, you can explore mountains and, and, and ravines and create groups to explore dungeons and create massive groups of upwards of 25 people to do things called raids where you're all fighting the same boss at the same time. I mean, the amount of experiences to be had in World of Warcraft is utterly insane. There's so much content to go through. And I mean, it makes sense because it's a pretty expensive game, but <laughs> it's 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 a fantastic experience that if you're into that sort of thing, if you're into a fantasy uh, setting, it's something you should at least try once. And if it's not your thing, whatever. But if it is your thing, you'll stick with it for, for years because it's constantly being updated. There's constantly new things to do. And it's always going to be th- there. It's always going to be this fun experience for you to go back to. And the actual lore behind it, I won't talk too much about it because I know I could talk your ears off about this stuff. The the history, it makes me sound like the biggest dork in the planet, which I already do sound like, but even more so. Uh, the, The two factions are littered with different races, all with their own cultures and backstories and motives and all this other stuff and, you know, all the stuff that's absolutely fantastic. And we are on a cooking podcast, so I will say that every race of people has their own foods that they do. You know, the dwarves love beer and the orcs love meat and the this and that and this and that. And you could you could pull different foods from them for hours and hours and hours. And you could pull history from them for hours and hours and hours. But the biggest draw to World of Warcraft by far are the players. In no other game do you make connections like in World of Warcraft. I mean, I know that you've probably heard of it, but if you haven't, there are weddings in World of Warcraft. People meet up after knowing each other for 15 years in World of Warcraft and are the bestest of friends. I mean, the experiences that you have of adventuring with a group of people for years is absolutely amazing. And even just the shorthanded interactions that you have... I need to get this axe. Man, I need a group to go through this dungeon. Hey, what are you doing right now? Uh, I'm not not doing anything. Okay, well, can you go in this dungeon with me? Yeah, sure. Boom. You're talking, you're hanging out, you're going through a dungeon. It's fun. You all are just symbiotically bouncing off of each other in this little world. Because a lot of the game is too hard for you to do alone. So the game rewards you for playing with other players. And sometimes if you want to be a, a, a mean person, I can't cuss on this podcast. If you want to be a mean person, you can go and kill people of the opposite faction. You can go with your buddies and just start beating up people in, an, in a town. My favorite experience in World of Warcraft 
was when me and a group of my buddies in a guild, they're called guilds in the game, uh, got together on the 21st night of September. I remember because the song was playing. <laughs> um, we got together and we decided we're going to ransack every single town on the opposite continent, on the Alliance side. But not only are we going to do that, but we're going to get absolutely wasted on in-game alcohol the entire time because that's something you can do because, again, the food plays a, a, a relatively big role in World of Warcraft. Absolute riot of a time. So much fun. And it, it's a huge memory for me because it was so fun hanging out with all those people. And it was so fun to do that and feel like you're a part of this this living and breathing world. And I think that's the biggest part that I love about World of Warcraft. The world feels alive. The experience feels alive. You, you really get this feeling that there is a history there. Really, I, I recommend the game if you have been thinking about it. Or even if you haven't been thinking about it, they have the best cinematics on the market. Just go watch some cinematics. They're, they're really cool. They're really fun. And I imagine... A lot of the food is really, really tasty, as well as probably really nasty. I mean, you got things like Spider Surprise and Moser's Magnificent Muffins. There's a lot of in-between there, but I imagine the Moser's Magnificent Muffins are very delicious. And the Spider Surprise is probably disgusting. In conclusion, World of Warcraft is an amazing game. It's a very fun fantasy world. Even for people who don't play it, if you play D&D, you can set a world in it. If you just want to study the history of a, of a made-up group of people that aren't people, most of which are not people, uh, you can do that too. You can go on and you can do whatever you want on the game. It doesn't matter. It's your world of Warcraft. You're probably going to be fighting things though. That's pretty much, that's kind of in the name. But anyway, that was me. I'm not going to keep talking your ears off. Go hear a couple more interesting people, a couple less dweeby people talk about some food. I can't do this with a video. I can't watch you laughing. <laughs> I was like, why is this so much funnier when we like are doing it? Right? Because you can see the other person's facial expression. Yeah. yeah, that's why. Okay. Um, I tried watching the 2016 movie, Rachel, and it was, was it bad? Good. It was pretty bad. Yeah. But I find the whole world very it's interesting. It's fascinating. Um, I played this game when I was young, like, I think seven or eight. Um, I had a good friend who lived in my neighborhood and she played it and introduced me to it. We played it at her house, but then I learned, Oh, I could play on my computer at my house and she can play on her computer, at her house and we can do it together, which was really cool for like, even back then that was like a big deal. Yeah. Um, so we did it. Um, and we'd alternate, like there's two different sides. You can be on the Alliance, which is the humans and the elves, or you can be, uh, the horde, which is like the orcs and the bad guys, <laughs> but they get to build different things and like different style things, depending on what you're playing. So we would alternate sometimes because we just wanted that cool thing that the bad guys had. So sometimes we would be bad guys or the good guys, depending on what we wanted to build. Um, I don't cool. remember then food being a huge thing. Like, yeah, we collected it, but I don't think there was a variety of food. But when we were looking at what to make, it seemed like there's a lot of different types of food out there now. Yeah, there are. Um, and I wanted to share, I don't, I didn't really know much about World of Warcraft until, until we started planning for this segment. Um, but I talked to one of our friends, Kevin, who knows a lot about it, and I'm hoping he'll come on and talk a little bit more about it. So you'll hear his side of things um, in the version that will come out of the podcast episode. But 
he let me borrow his World of Warcraft cool. cookbook. Isn't that cool? And I had so much fun looking through it. So the one that I decided to make came from this cookbook. But I, I got a kick out of how the author will put like a skill level at the top of the recipes. So it starts at like apprentice and then it goes up to master and then expert, depending on how difficult it is. Um, and yeah, I think the gist of the food is just that it gives you energy when you are like low in energy and need a, a boost. Um, so what did you, what did you make that was World of Warcraft inspired? I made, and dude, I like the way they name their food. Um, I made Stormwind Nougat. <laughs> and so there is this cookbook Storm out here, but I could not find like recipes for things. Like a lot of times like a blogger will review it and they have permission to share, you know, one or two recipes from the cookbook. But, like everything uh-huh. I Googled was like pictures of things people had made, but there was like no recipe with it. So I was like, well, I know what nougat is and I've got a cookbook here um, that has a recipe for nougat. So I was like, storm wind nougat. So I used dark chocolate and then I put, because I was thinking like storm, like a beach, like sometimes the wind tastes salty or smells salty. So I put salt on top of my (laughs) chocolate that I dipped my nougat in um, to make it storm wind nougat. Oh, that um, sounds fun. It was, oh my gosh, I don't know if I'll ever make this again. Um, I think it was my fault in two, well, partially it was the book's fault and then secondly, it was my fault. The book told me not to line the pan and it didn't stick, but it like expanded a little bit. So it's like stuck in there. You had to like pry, pry loose a corner and then like peel it out. Um, whereas if I had put parchment, I could just like lift it out. Um, so that was mistake one. That was the book's fault. Mistake two was my fault. It gave me two options for soft or slightly harder nougat is kind of how it described it. It was like, it's not hard, but it's like harder. And so I was like, oh, I'm going to be dipping these in chocolate. I want the harder version. I don't think I wanted the harder version. (laughs) I think soft would have been okay. Yeah. Um, So. So a little too, um, too tough. Yeah, it was tough. Um, And then I dipped it in chocolate and it looked great the night before. And it, but I don't think my chocolate was fully tempered. Um, and I had a suspicion that it wasn't, but I was so ready to be done with this nougat after I spent like 30 minutes praying now the pan that I was like, I'm just going to dip it anyway. Yeah. Um, and it took a little longer to set up than it should have, which makes me think it wasn't fully tempered. Um, so in the morning it was gray and had like gray streaks all through it. I was like, well, now it really looks like a storm, <laughs> but I can't feed this to anybody because it looks gross. <laughs> Did it taste good? I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it, t- it tasted okay. Um, it wasn't like, yeah, if it had tasted phenomenal, I probably would have taken it with a note and be like, I know it's ugly, but trust me. Um, but no, it, it, (laughs) it was just okay. Okay. Well, it was an exciting adventure. I now know how to make nougat. (laughs) That you do. And now, you know, given the choice between softer and chewier or whatever it was, you could choose the soft. Choose soft. But I want to hear about what you made because I saw your photo and I think it looks really cool. So I made honey bread and it looked a little like this, if people can see. Oh, okay. Yeah. Isn't that cute? It did. Yours looked like that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It was super fun to make. Um, I was between this one and like a sweet potato one. 
which I think I am still going to make because it sounds like the perfect fall recipe, but this one was really lovely. Um, the dough like wasn't terribly difficult to make. The hardest part was getting it shaped like this, mm. like the, the beehive shape. How um, did you do that? Okay. So in the instructions, it says, just get a bowl that's, you know, this dimension by this dimension and, and then wrap the dough around it. But it, who has a bowl that is oven it's safe? Very specific, right? Yeah. Right? With those, you know, I think it said like six inches by, I don't know, eight inches. Anyway, I don't have bowls that are oven safe, that shape that I could use. And so I had to get a bit creative. And what I ended up doing was that I used um, like my smaller cake pans, my six inch cake pans. Okay. And I... I like built a dome with like aluminum foil around that as my base. And then I wrapped my dough around that to give it the shape. So that was really the hardest part was brainstorming how to make it work. Um, but other than that, it was pretty easy once I figured out just what I was going to use. Um, it tastes really nice. It has oats in it, which I'm not super fond of, but you really can't notice them much. And the honey, there's a lot of honey in it, and it comes through really nicely. So I would make it again. I think it's like a fun – I don't know, like, what kind of themed party I would have that this would be Winnie appropriate for. <laughs> Winnie the Pooh. Cloudy ever has a Winnie the Pooh birthday party. Um, maybe I could make this bread again. But it was just – it was really fun. And I like doing bakes like this. We've been doing more of them this season, I think, where they're more visually yeah, appealing. Um. But yeah, I, I had a good time. It tasted really good. And I just loved looking through this cookbook, like we mentioned. There's so many cool things. Um, and the names are super fun to look at. So I like this. This is a good challenge. Yeah, I, this was fun. I like to just look at all the random. I mean, there's all kinds of like random named cupcakes and cakes and candies. I like pulled up their little icon pictures to see if I felt like making something that resembled that. And most time I was like, no, I don't feel like that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, this is a fun one. Okay, so usually we're pretty sweet, but today we're feeling a little salty. So we decided to shake things up in the kitchen and explore the savory side of baking with pizza-inspired bakes. And you're right. It's super hard to say that without laughing. <laughs> yes. We okay. normally record without a video. We just capture our audio. So it's interesting for us to be able to see each other while we do this. Yeah. It's because we don't want to look at each other because we've known each other for too long. It's like, I know what your face looks like. <laughs> I don't need to say it again. I'm just see, kidding. I thought it was good. <laughs> for Raul. Now I know the truth. I mean, that's that's why. Okay, so I was going to do World of Warcraft trivia for the other segment, but I was like, we don't really know enough. Well, I don't know enough. You probably know more than I do. Yeah, we would have failed miserably at that. <laughs> like, what is there to ask questions about? So we're doing pizza, and everybody has, like, strong opinions about their pizza preferences. So I, mm -hmm. I thought we could do, like, this or that with pizza. Yes, and you guys can participate. Put your comments yeah, I like hearing other people's Like the link too. first, hit accept, and then put your comments. <laughs> <laughs> my my mom did it, and my mom did it. You guys can do it. So, 
No offense, mom. <laughs> okay, so your first this or that pizza edition, Rachel, is sausage or pepperoni? Ooh, so I like them both, but I would choose pepperoni. I would choose pepperoni too. That's an easy one. So are we alternating these? Am I asking you the next one? Yeah, yeah, let's alternate. Okay. Thin crust or stuffed crust? Oh, stuffed crust, always. I, I always right? do that too. It's so good. It's like yeah, a world above. Okay. Oh, this is a big one. We talk about this all the time. I don't know why this comes up when we talk about non-pizza related things, but pineapple or no pineapple? Pineapple. I like pineapple too. Yes. Very controversial um, for some reason, but I like it. But see, we like sweet and savory combos. Oh, yeah. That's true. Maybe some people. Okay, but do you need to have like the ham with it? Because that's how it's usually paired, right? Yeah, I, I mean, I like it that way with like ham and bell pepper, but I would eat yeah. pineapple, mushroom, and pepperoni and be happy. You like mushrooms. I like mushrooms too. Everyone hates mushrooms. I know. It's rare to find people who like mushrooms, I feel like. Uh, New York or Chicago? Okay, this one's super hard for me because I feel like it depends on my mood. Like if I have a craving for pizza on a regular day, I want New York style. But if I've had like a really terrible day, I want deep dish pizza. (laughs) But I guess if I had to pick, I'd probably pick deep dish. I don't know. That was hard. I don't think I've ever had deep dished. Really? No. Because that's where the toppings are like under the cheese, right? Mm -hmm. And it's just like really thick. It's no, like I've super thick and hearty. We'll have to remedy yeah. that when we go to Chicago. <laughs> That's right. We are planning a trip through there. Um, it's just super filling. I guess that's a, the downside. I like always feel overstuffed when I have deep dish. Um, okay. Red sauce or white sauce? Um, I'm going to say red because I would probably pick red 95% of the time. Sometimes I'll like just get in a mood and would like the white sauce, but red red yeah i would say red too that's easy and last one mushrooms or olives oh mushrooms yeah i'm not an olive fan um every now and then i won't bother picking them out like i don't like um i think it's black olives i don't like which is the one that's normally on pizza right Mm -hmm. um so yeah mushrooms all the way me too Team mushroom. Okay, so that was our assignment for this episode was to make a pizza inspired dish. So what what did you make, Rachel? So I got an email. I signed up to um, Sarah Kiefer's blog <laughs> newsletter. So I am Team Sarah Kiefer today. Apparently, um, <laughs> she um, sent out an email. She tested someone else's recipe. I forget who it was and she put her own spin on it. So I did her version of someone else's deep dish pizza bread. Ooh. Um, and mine was delicious. Mine was not nearly as beautiful as hers. Mine (laughs) looked very unappetizing actually (laughs) until you cut into it and saw it was pizza. Um, I struggled to get this dough to roll out to the appropriate size. I think it was like two inches short and one inch short on the other side. So I think that's why I didn't have enough bread. I was supposed to braid it kind of like babka. And I didn't have enough. Like I could make a cross, but then that was it. I was like, 
and I didn't know. I was like overthinking it and I was like, I don't know, maybe it's not going to bake right because it's like thicker. So I ended up just putting like a sea of bread and a sea of bread here and just making like two semicircles <laughs> that somewhat met in the middle. Um, <laughs> but it was good. Um, it used, um, is it Tazang? When you make the milk bread, that like roux kind of flour roux thing you make. Oh, Okay. It had me use that, um, and it so the bread was very soft, the pizza dough part, um, and it was filled with cheese and pepperoni and red sauce, and we ate it for lunch one day with a salad. It was really good. Um, there was one thing I did I did do, and I think I don't know if it's the fact that the shape of it messed it up or what, but I was supposed to put mozzarella on the bottom of the cast iron pan and then put the bread down. And it said it would like caramelize the cheese and make like a cheese Whoa. crust. That sounds risky on the bottom of the it cast burnt. <laughs> I was going to say immediately, I'd be like, oh my God. Yeah. It's going to burn. Yeah. So we like scraped that part off. <laughs> um, and there was still cheese inside. So we still got the cheese. But I think I might put it on top at the end. I don't know. I don't know. Because I like the idea of that like cheese crust. Um, yeah. But I don't know how you get it. You can't like put it in halfway through on the bottom of a cast iron pan. I don't know. Unless you I have a second cast iron pan, you can like tip it out into. I don't know. Yeah. Or if you were using a different kind of pan, maybe. But I just feel like cast iron, that's like conducting the heat so right? strongly. Really well. Yeah. <laughs> and she yeah. me, um, brush the dough. Instead of using like an egg wash, we brush the dough with a chili oil. And oh, I like that. Yes, it was good. And you brushed it before it went in the oven and then right after it came out. So um, it was good. It was a nice touch. Cool. All right. Now I want to see. You haven't shown me pictures of this. <laughs> I'll send you a photo. I'll send it. Yeah, I mean, it. yeah. Hmm. Can you send me a picture of hers and then yours? I just want to see. Yes, hers is very pretty. And I like showed Mike what it was supposed to be. And he like looked at mine and he's like, you made the same thing? And I was like, yep. <laughs> Yes, I did. <laughs> Your version. She put a spin and then you put a spin on her spin. That's, That's right. Yes. Just sponging me, Gams. <laughs> I'm going to let Sadie out. She's scratching at the door. Hang on just a second. Okay. I can hear my toddler throwing toys at the door. She wants me to come out. It's always exciting. She, like, gets mad that she's not in here with me, so Michael opened the door and let her in, and then she, like, he shuts the door behind her, and she, like, turns around and starts, like, scratching at it, like, no, no, no. Like I just wanted to make sure she was still in here. <laughs> well, I was just saying that Claudia, I can hear Claudia throwing toys against the door. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it's an uprising. <laughs> so, um, oh. tell me about your pizza bake. Yes. So I actually have you to thank for this because you sent me this email from Sally's Baking Addiction. Oh, yeah. She's got some good recipes. Yeah. I was like, this is perfect because it happened to be their September baking challenge. So um, it was for pizza pull-apart rolls. Um, and they were so good. So much bread baking going on recently. <laughs> A lot of bread. Um, so they were really good. Um, where I added like my own little spin to them was with the toppings. But essentially you're like making the dough, making like 
little balls and just putting it, arranging it in the, the cast iron. Um, and then you're filling each of the little balls of dough with pepperoni and cheese. So they're like stuffed as well. And then once they baked for a little bit, you're taking them out and putting more cheese, pepperoni, and then whatever other toppings you want to do. So I actually um, went to, when my mom was here, we went to this like Latin American store called Vallarta, which is like really popular here. And you get a lot of like Hispanic themed products. And so we ended up getting some chorizo while we were there. And I had her cook it up for me so that I could put it on top of the pizza. So mine had mozzarella, pepperoni, chorizo, and then we sauteed some peppers and onions to put on top. Um, And then the other tweak that I did was I added fresh garlic instead of Mm. just the garlic powder. I feel like you can never go wrong with fresh garlic. I love garlic. I Um, always add more than what a recipe calls for. Me too. (laughs) I laugh at those memes that say like, you know, one teaspoon of garlic means just like half a container because I could, (laughs) I could pour garlic into stuff. Um, And they were really yummy. Like when they're all done, they look really pretty and they're good for like a party, a Super Bowl or I don't know. That's a good idea. Yeah. They're like a good crowd pleaser. Um, So I really enjoyed it. I would, I would make it again for sure. So you bake the bread with the stuff on top of it. Is that how it works? Uh Uh-huh. So you're, you're baking, you're like forming the little balls of dough that are stuffed. And then you're baking that for like 20 minutes without the toppings. And then you're pulling it out of the oven, adding the toppings and adding it or putting it back in the oven for maybe like 12 to 15 more minutes. to let that's cool. I like that it's stuffed and top. That's cool. Yes. It's perfect. It was beautiful. So yeah, I really enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun making it. Yeah, this was a good a good segment choice. The pizza bakes were fun. Are we already done, Rachel? This is like I by. know. It did fly by. This was fun. <laughs> Well, thank you for listening to this batch of Procrastibaking. We hope we've provided some food for thought for your next Procrastibaking project. As always, the links and photos discussed in this episode can be found in our show notes. Procrastibake with us on Facebook and Instagram while you wait for our next episode to rise. We will release new episodes first and third Fridays on your favorite platform. Be sure to tune in to the next batch of Procrastibaking for more German baking adventures, chocolate bonbons, and a chocolatier interview. Until next time, stay sweet. This has been Procrastibaking. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts and leave a good review. You can also subscribe to us on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and many more. You can also subscribe to our RSS feed directly from our website at procrastibakingpodcast.com. Also, feel free to follow us and give us your feedback on social media, on Instagram at, at procrastibakingpodcast, and Facebook at facebook.com slash procrastibakingpodcast. Procrastibaking is hosted and created by Rachel Rhodes and Luisa Gonzalez, produced and edited by Raul Ceballos, theme music by Alex Walker-Smith, and show artwork by Rob Demers. Thank you.